The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. day it wasn't a, a gimme by no means and there really wasn't a car that was way better than the field there's cars better at certain points but not the, all the time so um, you know I, I guess we made the right calls at the right time and uh, was able to get ahead well welcome to NASCAR America Jeff Burton AJ Allmendinger Steve Letard here so winner from Sunday Joey Logano he talked about it didn't have maybe the best car all day but at times he did led five times for 54 laps what did you think of the performance out of the 22 I, mean, I thought it was strong. Him and Paul Wolf seem like they're already on the same page. It's tough when you've had only one real race. Uh, but as a whole, I thought Team Penske, you know, swapping teams and pit crews uh, with all three teams. At one point, they were running six or three cars in the top six. So it was a strong day and able to top it off. Unfortunately for Ryan Blaney, not the right decision pitting, but Joey Logano got the job done. Yeah, Joey Logano is at the right time in his career, in my opinion. He's got the right amount of experience. Uh, he's got he's got the uh, drive. He's always had the drive, but all those things are meshing at the th- at the right time. I think that uh, Paul Wood's going to really enjoy his experience with Joey Logano. <laughs> I think Joey Logano is. I mean, if, if listen, if I owned a race team, he would be one of the first people I call. I think Joey, Joey Logano is on top of his game. Yeah, great speed all day long. I think they made good adjustments to keep up with the racetrack. Um, it's tough, right? You know, they won this race a year ago, so you kind of have the bullseye on your back. New crew chief. Uh, I'm thankful I wasn't in the booth because with the two Pennzoil painted cars, I couldn't keep yeah. them straight all day long, and they ran together on track. Even on TV, I wasn't sure if it was Blaney or Logano, and really, that's how the whole race was. You wasn't sure if it was going to be Blaney or Logano, but it ended up coming down to that late race caution. Every Monday, we talk about the turning point. Where was the turning point? Well, it was pretty obvious, I think, in this race. The turning point comes with six laps to go when Ross Chastain, who is doing a nice job in the sixth car, by the way, we're going to talk about him later. He finally lost control, spun around, a couple flat tires, caused the caution to come out. Jeff, when the caution comes out, then it's decision time. What do the crew chiefs have to do? Do you come to put road? Do you not? It was looking to be about a green-white checker. Here's kind of how all the audio came. And let's take a look at the running order real quick, because at this point, I mentioned the two Pennzoil cars. Well, that isn't Joey Logano, the race winner. That's Ryan Blaney out front. Then Bowman in second. Logano actually in third. William Byron, Hendrick Motorsports having a great day. A couple cars in the top five at this point. You see the other Penske car, Brad Kozlowski in sixth. Jimmy Johnson back in 10th. And this is how it all sounded on Sunday when it happened. Trouble off turn two. Ross Chastain gets loose. We will see a caution. And oh, baby, it's going to get good. Damn it, we had him. Hey, we got the best pick crew on pit road. We are just fine right here. Everybody's going to come for four here. Everybody's left sides are done. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Good or not. Pit road is open. Come up, come up. Simple. What we talked about. Feel good about it. Pit if everybody pits here. If they pit. Man, I don't, I don't know what you're trying to tell me there. All good. You're all good. I thought more. There were several talking about it. 
Sorry about that. I was waffling. Um, I you know when it first came out, I thought we'd stay, and the more we talked about it, the more we scanned people. I, I let I let the information we gathered from that point forward skew me to, to pit. In hindsight, probably, you know, I, I wish I had it to do over again. Sorry, guys. Win some, you lose some. Uh, that was my fault. Was it ultimately a miscommunication on the radio that may have uh, led to you winning this race? Uh, I don't think so. Um, you know, we were we talked about the scenario. You know, if it comes down to the, can we get clean air? Um, you know, and at what point are we comfortable staying out? Um, you know, so. Uh, Paul came over the radio and said, stick to the plan. I said, okay, I'll stick to the plan. <laughs> uh, we kind of had a plan going into the race. Uh, it ended up playing out, and luckily he stuck to the plan. All right, a lot to dissect, a lot of players involved. Let's start with the guy that it worked out best for, Joey Logano. We saw or heard, I thought, a little miscommunication between crew chief and driver. I'm not sure the media said it cleared it up anymore. And that interview right there with Paul Wolf, I wasn't sure. Are they, I mean, are they playing checkers? Are they playing chess? Were they just lucky? How did you break it down? Yeah, so, you know, you heard him, you heard him say pit. and then stick, stick to the plan, stick to the plan. And then he's like, do it, do it. was I supposed to pit? Sounded like confusion, but they're acting like they had this thing planned out all along. I, I don't know which it is. I think I will say this from a driver's standpoint. If you've raced all day long and you're able to remember that conversation you had four hours prior, if we're in this exact situation, you know, that's, that's a lot to put on the driver. If they worked all that out, good for them. I'm not sure that I'd be mentally capable of making that decision, but either way, they ended up doing the right thing. At the end of the day, they won the race, so of course they're going to say they did it. <laughs> it was planned the whole time. They may be laughing right after the interviews happen and going, oh, we got away with that one. But really what it comes down to is how many cars stay out, and on that last restart, when you're especially the front row, can you get in that clean air? And I think with this aero package, more than when we had more horsepower and less downforce, if you can get out front knowing that you only have to run two laps, probably going to be close to wide open, if not wide open, that's the key thing is that initial restart. Can you get the clean air, which is what Joey Logano said, and they ultimately did. You know, a lot of conversation comes down to how these decisions are made, and, and fortunately and unfortunately on some weeks, I was able to uh, be the guy to make these decisions, and it comes down to a lot of things. You heard Greg Ives mention the left side tires are done, everybody's going to come for four. Um, I didn't think that was the case live. You and I were in a text conversation. I'm a big fan of staying out. I thought that was the decision then, and it ended up working out. And here's why. There were over 20 cars in the lead lap. So even though everybody's slow when they're on you know, slippery tires, staying out, I think someone's going to gamble. And if you have enough guys gamble, you have to be in front of that. Laps to go. There are only two laps to go. This is not the racing we have seen for a decade. This is only the second year to this low-power package. In my mind, when I saw cars go out on the racetrack in practice, they could fire off. That first lap was great. Tons of grip. I'm going to say somewhat easy, wide-open throttle if you have that clean air. That tells me I want my driver to be out front. I thought it was a, a I don't want to say a no-brainer, but the obvious call was to stay out. I was a bit more surprised that... Uh, the other drivers didn't do it. So, so I'm going to defend Todd Gordon a little bit, Ryan Blaney's crew chief, and here's why. Because we sit in the booth every single weekend that we're covering the races, and we're, we're, we're talking or, or texting during the races we don't cover, and the number of times that people don't do what they should do when they're running the back is staggering to me. It's amazing the number of times that a guy running 12th with 14 on a lead lap will pit with everybody else when they come down pit road. So in Todd Gordon's defense... How in the world was he expecting this many cars to come off pit road? Because every single week they don't. They, they normally pit with the leaders. And, I, you know, you, the hardest thing in racing, you always want to be leading, right? You always want to be leading until that late race caution comes out and you get in this situation. And you know, 
that whatever you do, there's going to be some people that do the exact opposite. But we've just seen so many times where not that many people do the exact opposite. So, Greg, so many people just come on with the leader. Great guys in the 88, it seemed pretty obvious. I didn't hear any radio where they were waffling one way or the other. But Todd Gordon was the opposite. He said on SiriusXM, I was going to stay out, and all this radio chatter changed his position. I asked myself why. Uh, Todd always reminded me of one of the most confident crew chiefs. He was not afraid to take pit stall to, not afraid to do whatever he thought was right. Is it the driver change? Is it just because it's early in the year? I I don't know. I'm shaking the crystal ball trying to figure out why. But a, a crew chief that I thought used to stick to his guns, AJ, for some reason, all this radio chatter convinced him he had to come down to pit road. And that's the thing. The radio chatter, I mean, we heard Joey Logano and Paul Wolf talk, and whether it was a mistake or not, there are so many teams now because all these teams know that they're being listened to. So they have code words that can mean one thing and the other thing is said. So I'm a little surprised by that too because you stick with your first instinct, which is to stay out. He probably ends up winning the race depending on the restart. But that's hard to do when you're out there, especially with the new – New team, new driver, yeah, Yeah, same organization, but you want to make the right decision. You want to be on tires there, but at the end of the day, it still comes down to how many people stay out, and he thought there was probably only going to be a couple at most, and ultimately ended up being seven to eight cars. There's times that uh, too much information is too much, Yeah, (laughs) right? And so in today's world where you have access to so much information and technology, sometimes that doesn't always work, and I think that's the case here. They would have been better off not scanning anyone. Right, and just sticking to their guns, knowing what it was best. But how do you do that, right? You have yeah. to use every tool in the box. And, but, yeah, maybe a little bit too much information. Too much information was always the case for my single thread <laughs> brain. Well, that was just to decide if you're going to come get tires or not. But then after the cars leave pit road, it's still time for the final restart. And without a doubt, Joey Logano's position A, because he now controls the restart. He's the leader. But a lot can go wrong. Jeff right here, this is absolute textbook. Big push by the 47, now the 22, single file. This seemed to be the point to me where he had command of the race. Yeah, give me a late race restart, and I'm going to pick Joey Logano as my driver. That guy gets it done in and week in, week out. You can see William Byron tried to black Matty D. Now he's got the tire rub. And look at the chaos. Look what happens all day long. This is like Jimmy Johnson going to get him some right here. And look, you know, just look what happens. And look at the yellow car on the outside. That was the leader. That was the leader. He's back there in about 10th, 12th, 14th place right now. And that's what track position does. And now as we see the leader right here coming through the tribal, taking the white flag after he takes the white flag, there's some contact, there's cars spinning, the yellow comes out. AJ, I don't think that affects the winner of the race. I thought Joey was in command, but there's no telling second through 10th if it affected those finishing positions. Yeah, because as they took the white flag, Matt Benedetto and Ricky Stenhouse were side by side, so nobody was even going to get a run on Joey by the draft down the back straightaway. Sure, the top 10 may look a little different if the green stays out, but at the end of the day, Joey Logano did what he had to do. He got the restart, and then it was a perfect storm. He gets gets to the bottom, and then when Matty D makes it three wide into turn one, there's contact. It blocks the whole racetrack. So those guys that are on new tires, they have nowhere to go anyways. They have to start lifting. Joey Logano was going to win that race. And, Jeff, I love looking at this. We used to talk about top fives and top tens. Well, here are the top 12 finishers, and the reason we put all 12 up is look at the points earned all the way down in 11th. Ryan Blaney. I think this is what stages and stage points have done. Given a driver like Ryan Blaney, who, listen, he's going to be disappointed, as he should. The team's going to be, that's fine. But you get a little bit of a gift, a little, not gift, but a little bit of points earned, a little solace to say, you know what, it didn't go our way. We didn't even finish in the top ten, but we earned a ton of points. Yeah, Kevin Harvick as well. You know, you get rewarded for running well throughout the whole race. Kevin Harvick didn't finish as high as he should have, but he got, I think, the third most points in the day. So that's 
that's what I like about this point system is that you now you get you get penalized if you don't do well during the race and you get rewarded if you do well during the race and you can use those things throughout the whole year so it makes it so you have to race all, all weekend long and it's, it's just made racing so much better. So, AJ, were you a good student? Because we're going to give you some homework. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see Tomorrow, here. you're on Motor Mouse. Race winner Joey Logano will be calling in. So you get to figure out what the deal really was with the radio. I'm assigning you that. Try All right. To, I'm just going to keep pressing him until he actually tells the truth. That's right. Yeah. yeah. See how that goes. Let me know. <laughs> so, listen, there is a ton to talk about out of Las Vegas. A great run from Joey Logano. But that's not the only story. How about Kevin Harvick? Throwing the bounty out on Kyle Busch in the truck series. Can anybody beat Kyle Busch? And we're also going to go through the field to highlight some of the great Sunday drives. Matty D had a great run. A lot of names perhaps we don't see up in the top ten. Great runs out in Las Vegas. Plus the latest on Ryan Newman as he recovers from that humongous crash in the final lap of the Daytona 500. NASCAR America on NBCSN is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. I was fortunate to avoid any internal organ damage or broken bones. I did sustain a head injury for which I'm currently being treated. The doctors have been pleased with my progression over the last few days. I've spoken with Jack Roush, and he has assured me that the number six car will be waiting and ready for my return. I'm looking forward to getting behind the wheel and battling for another race win in the Roush Fenway Ford. He is as tough as they come, and it was also uh, refreshing to be in the hospital room listening to his family make fun of him for having no neck and for being just completely thick. Um, and there is truth to the rumor that when he heard there were donuts down in the room where we were all congregated that uh, he asked his dad to confiscate some and bring him back up to his room. So I don't know what happened to him, but uh, not a surprising development. Well, it was great to hear words uh, straight from Ryan Newman. He provided them to Newmark. Newmark read them in the media center. Uh, it's really been an amazing five, six, seven days, this entire Ryan Newman story from the amazing crash to the updates we continue to get. Newman obviously not in the car at Las Vegas, but it seems that there is continuing progression to uh, his recovery. Yeah, that's, that's, it's great. It's great that we're joking about how big his neck is and he eats donuts, right? I mean, that's a, great that we're in this position after this impact. Uh, we all feared the worst there for a little while. You know, this was this obviously began this, this series of events, right? But uh, I think Sunday was also a difficult day. You know, when you when you watch somebody drive your race car, that, that's a terrible feeling. As a driver, uh, and I don't know if you experienced that as a crew chief, when you can't be at the racetrack or there's something going on and somebody else is driving your car, that's really, really difficult. And, and so I know, Ryan, I know that wasn't easy for him, but at the same time, you know, he's doing what he needs to do to take care of himself and make sure he can come back. I love the fact that we're, you know, talking about him coming back, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just that's great. Our sport needs him. Last year, Ryan Newman brought so much energy and enthusiasm and, and so many races to our sport, and we need those kind of drivers like Ryan. And what he's really done for that organization at Roush Fenway, I mean, really stepping up the program, and that's we know his engineering background. When he goes to a race team, he helps make everybody better, not just his teammates, but everybody in that organization making those race cars faster. And I think it's having a chance to win the Daytona 500 is because of a, not only how good he is and how aggressive he can be at every type of racetrack, but how much he better he makes the organization. So, uh, you know, I saw as he was walking out of the hospital at that point, they hadn't even announced Ross Chastain yet. And I'm like, is he racing this weekend? Because like, <laughs> he's right. that tough. Right. And it's so impressive. And 
we're all so fortunate to uh, to have the best case scenario after that accident. Well, among a lot of the comments, he thanked his team, and we talk a lot about teams as far as winning and losing, faster or slower. And and I um, was part of employing a lot of those guys. A lot of those guys worked for me when I had a fab shop of my own. And I can tell you so many very talented men and women build these cars and no one ever thinks of them because they just do their job. And it is unfortunate when their job gets tested, but that's what happened on Monday in Daytona. So to turn out this way, I thought it was great for Ryan to bring up his race team. But as we mentioned his race team, you know, it continued. The six car was on track in Las Vegas with Ross Chastain behind the wheel. Uh, here was his opinion of his performance. Incredible first stage. The car was good. Um... We did everything right, and then from there, I just started making small mistakes. I mean, I just I made unacceptable mistakes. Um, clipping, hitting the 10 car under caution was my fault. Uh, got into the one car down in turn three on a restart. I thought he was leaving me a lane, and he wasn't. I full responsibility for that. Um, just bad choices on restarts, and um, when you drive the six car, it's not acceptable to do those things. So I learned a lot, um, but, man, I, my feelings are hurt right now. So I appreciate the candor, I appreciate the criticism, but, but, and I know he has cup experience, but when you start to drive in the cup series with, with better equipment, front-running equipment, man, it is the deep end of the pool, right? You see those restarts. You've been a part of it. You've been a part of it. And these restarts, I think, are only more crazy now than perhaps when you guys were in it full-time. So I, I love his candor. I love his criticism. But this is a guy that went into a very... Uh, a seat that everybody was going to watch. A lot of focus on this seat. And ran inside the top 20 all day long. Scored points in one stage. Made a few mistakes without a doubt. But I was impressed. Um, I hated to see this incident at the end of the race. But overall, man, I give his performance in the sixth car a great grade. Oh, I do too. Listen, these opportunities, you hate you hate they come up like this, but they do. And, and now Ross Chastain has an opportunity to show to the world what he can do in, in good equipment. Now, listen, it's, Roush Fenway hasn't been great equipment, but it's good equipment. And so he should go out there and be himself. What has gotten him to this point is aggressiveness, assertiveness. If there's a hole, he's going in it. That's what Ross Chastain is. That's how he drives. We, we've been watching and talking about it for several years. So that's what he should do in this car because this is an opportunity for him. This is an opportunity for him to show people and, and advance his career. And so he, he, needs to, he needs to learn from the situation. Just like he said, I needed to do this better, need to do that better. That's the exact right thing to do. But he shouldn't change who he is because he's driving a six car. For him to be successful in the six car, he needs to be who he is. And that's aggressive, going after it, and go get everything he can every single lap. Yeah, and I've been there before, too. When, when you get in a race car, you feel like sometimes that – you're going out there, you have to prove every lap because that's how I spent most of my cup career. I felt like every lap I have to show something to be in the seat. Now, there's a lot of momentum behind Ross Chastain. What he did in the 42 Ganassi in the Xfinity Series winning there, now in the 10 car for college racing, almost winning a truck championship last year. He's got a ton of momentum. But as a driver, you still think, man, is this my one opportunity to show in a quality ride in the cup series what I can do? Ross is one of the most aggressive drivers out there. We talk about it every week. No matter what vehicle he's in, he's going out there and attacking. He did a solid job. Yeah, I know the, the finish says 27th. He spins at the end there being too aggressive. He even admitted trying to drive too hard. But he did a great job. He outran Chris Busher the first half of the race, his teammate. So 
you know, Ross is, uh, we're going to hear a lot from Ross this year in the Xfinity Series and I think in his future in the Cup Series. Yeah, and as of now, no timetable for how long Ross will be in yep. it, how long for Ryan Newman, really. Uh, all of that is still to be discussed and announced, nothing so far. But Joey Logano's win capped off a strong Sunday for really everyone at Team Penske. We're going to discuss that. And a little bit of a surprise in the struggle category, Toyota. Not as strong as they seem to have been last year. Coming off his fourth win of the season, Eli Tomac leads the world's best riders to Atlanta. Monster Energy Supercross this Saturday at 5 Eastern here on NBCSN. Your racing against Blaney um, was, was fun, um, but also knowing that that was my old team. And, and so you kind of have a, this fun uh, kind of environment of racing each other back and forth. When you change things up like we did, you... There's always a little question mark of is it going to work out, and um, obviously it's been a good, good month for us building. I feel like coming to Vegas, we knew this was going to be the real test um, of what we we're able to do and try to understand our strengths and weaknesses. And um, I think we did that this weekend. I'm proud of the team. Everyone did a, a great job executing the race today. Uh, so nice to be here. Nice to grab a win early in the season, especially with a new team, and uh, move on. Change the key word at Team Penske for 2020. As a reminder, all three crew chiefs reassigned to different drivers. Jeremy Bullins now with Brad Kozlowski in the two. Todd Gordon goes from Logano over to Blaney. And then Paul Wolf, this week's winning crew chief, heads over to Logano. That involved their teams, uh, their cars. Basically, from everything I understand, the simplest way to put it is that the drivers kept their spotters and their uniforms, the best I could tell. So, big change. I've been a part of this at Hendrick Motorsports. I've been a part of crew chief swaps. Jeff, I'm sure in your career you've seen crew swaps. Um, Daytona's one thing, right? I mean, we all know the different animal of Daytona. I had a question mark next to Team Penske. Las Vegas has been a good track for them. Man, they back it up. They show up. I know Logano won. Blaney was good. Brad, maybe not as good as he's been, but still, as I was saying, off day inside the top ten most of the day. What were your thoughts on Team Penske and the big swap? I was impressed. I was really impressed. I thought they, 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 they all ran well. They all put themselves in position. Uh, I, I agree with you. The two wasn't quite as good. But, you know, you heard in Joey Logano, you know, when, you've been, when you are part of these team swaps, uh, you talked about earlier in your career how you're, you feel like you're being judged every single lap. That's what you're doing as a driver in this situation because you, are, you want to be the best driver at your company, right? You want to be yeah. the best crew chief at your company. That's, that's goal number one. And so you are grading yourself. Every single time, every single lap, every single qualifying session, every single practice session, when you do this kind of swap, you know, how's it working out for me? Are we doing what we need to do? And you are, you are competing against your teammates. That's what this, that's the nature of this business. And, and for, I, I have to believe that they all feel pretty good about where they are right now. That was a, that was a strong weekend for them. Yeah, they got to feel really strong, but you got to know Joey Logano and Paul Wolfer walking around Team Penske with their chest out a little bit more because it is so important for that, that crew chief driver combo combo to be the first ones that win. And it, just to, to prove to, to RP, like, hey, this is a great swap. And even during the telecast, they talked about how Paul Wolf just loved having Joey Logano as a driver and just the things that he brought, not only on the racetrack, but how he interacts with his crew guys and, and everything that goes about that we think makes Joey Logano one of the best out there, leadership of a race team. So... I was really impressed as well with how they all ran. I mean, we say Brad was a little bit off, and he, I think, ran basically. I know he finished seventh, but it seemed like the worst he ran, except that first stage they got a little, little bit loose. 
but he ran inside the top 10 from there on out. So, so far, uh, Roger Penske, like everything else it seems like that he does, turns to gold. So, so far, so good. Well, success breeds confidence, and I think confidence gets you through those dips that are going to happen over the course of the season. So right now, Joey Logano, Paul Wolf, they're going to have that confidence. Another team that I thought was going to have confidence the Toyotas, after a dominant 2019. But when we look at the season standings, I know this is early to look at, but something is glaring to me. We have Denny Hamlin, who's listed as second with that amazing win at the Daytona 500. Go ahead, take a minute, search for the next Toyota. It's all the way back in 16th with Martin Trex Jr. Guys, I know it's only two weeks, and I'm not ready to throw the panic button, but I was shocked at the performance of the Toyotas in Las Vegas. Now, Martin Trex Jr., Ran very well. He actually, midway through the race, was my pick to win. I thought he was going to prevail. Things went awry on pit road. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But the other Toyotas, I know they had to start in the back. We've seen that before, Jeff. And they drive right through the field. Not this time. No Kyle Busch. No Denny Hamlin. No Eric Jones. They could not seem to find their way to track position. I really felt like coming into Vegas that, that, that Joe Gibbs Racing had a major advantage on the rest of the field. And that was because... You know, I, 2021 is looming. I said this with Kyle Petty and the three of us, and I think that it makes with such a big change, car change coming, it makes it hard to be ready for this year, right? And teams that ran the best last year, I think, have a major advantage going into this year. We saw Penske tail off at the end of last year. They came out of the box rolling. Hendrick came out of the box rolling, and where was Joe Gibbs racing? It was shocking to see them, with the exception of the 19. It was shocking to see them not in the front battling for the lead and battling for the win. I just felt like with all the momentum that coming off of last year, uh, understanding the package they had, they just stood, they stood the best opportunity to go out and immediately win races this year, and we just didn't see the speed. Yeah, and not to mention that going into the race, three of the teams got penalized yeah. for, for an infraction through Tech. So, you know, that, that's really the, the big question I have is what was different about the 19 car? compared to the other ones, because he was maybe the fastest car there throughout the course of the race until they had the pit road incident and then got caught up in the wreck. But don't want to hit the panic button, like you said. I mean, there, there's we got a lot of races to go. Joe Gibbs Racing will figure it out, but definitely shocking how bad, besides the 19 car, everybody struggled. I mean, you barely saw Kyle Busch, and even when you did, he was on the radio chattering that his car wasn't very good. And... Uh, it, so we'll see once they go to a track like, like California at Fontana there and then Phoenix. Kind of get through the first six or seven races, try all different types of racetracks, and really see where all the organizations are. Well, you mentioned it. I don't think you're ready to hit the panic button yet. But the West Coast Swing, Las Vegas, Auto Club, or Fontana, and Phoenix. Remind everyone, I know a lot doesn't get talked about the schedule. The championship will be decided at Phoenix in November. So not that you have to go there and be great. But you have to go there and be solid enough that something goes in your notebook. Rules change for the one-mile track this year. We're going back in time, less downforce, the power back on. I'm not saying they have to be great, but you can't be dismal, right, Jeff? I mean, you have to be close enough. If I'm a crew chief, it's not win. It's leave there with some not, you know, what don't I need to do? What do we need to do? On Monday after Phoenix, you need to tell me what we needed to be better because we're going to go back to the race for a championship, we all hope. Yeah, listen, one of the things that happens in our sport is we talk about mile and a half like they're all the same. Right, every mile and a half is the same. And they're so radically different. You know, Vegas, we talked about earlier, Vegas is rough. It's not super high grip. You know, so you can go to Vegas and run not so well and go to California and run well. Go to, go to Texas and run well. I, I agree. Don't push the panic button. But at the same time, you can't dismiss it. 
if you're Joe Gibbs racing, you can't get, you can't say, well, we just, you know, you have to address it right now because one bad run has a way of turning into two bad runs and has a way of turning into three bad runs. We didn't think Jimmy Johnson would go forever without a top five, right? But he did. And so you have to address, you have to be on it. And you're right. It's a, that, that point about Phoenix, and that's a major rule change. And we saw Denny Hamlin, how good he ran at Phoenix last year, uh, Joe Gibbs racing in general, but that, that, that package's gone. There's a whole new package coming. So this mile and a half program is really, really important because everything is going to be different for all of the short tracks. Time. The one thing you can't buy is time. And, and if you go leave Las Vegas and now you have to go back to Toyota, TRD, Joe Gibbs Racing and say, hey, you know, this engineer or this group that was working on whatever it may be, the 21 car or the flat track package, we better circle our wagons a little bit around about Las Vegas because it is a very different mile and a half. But, but AJ, you know, if I'm one of those crew chiefs, I need some help. What did we miss? Well, I, I need to learn something. The, the, the important thing to remember, the 19 was good. So the yeah. rest of the teams, the 18, the 20, the 11, the 95, you got to go lean on the 19 and say, okay, was that something setup-wise that we just were trying and we missed? Was it something fundamentally that we're not getting right in the cars and for some reason right. the 19 car did? But that's the biggest thing. If all of them struggled, then I'd say, okay, at California – in Phoenix, they need to really figure out what's going to happen, but just lean on the 19. We'll see how these next couple of races turn out. So, so if, if, if I'm on the 19 team, I'm pretty happy about that because I got a guy that just crew chief his second race. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. Cole Pern's not there anymore. I got a guy that just crew chief his second race, and we had the best car. That's a, that's a great sign. That, to me, if, if I'm Martin Truex Jr. and I'm on that team, and I'm Joe Gibbs, I'm thinking, hey, I didn't like the way my other cars ran, but that's really, really good sign that that 19 car was running out front. For sure. Well, another sign that I think no one was surprised about, Kyle Busch and how fast he was in his truck in Las Vegas. He scored another Truck Series win, once again, fast and dominating as always, and that raised the eye of a competitor, a rival. One of his rivals put a bounty on him. Can anybody beat Kyle Busch in the trucks? Welcome back on Friday. Kyle Busch rolled to victory in the Gander Truck Series at Las Vegas. And quite a streak he's on. Seven for seven in his last seven truck starts dating back to 2018. That dominance raised an eyebrow from his rival and fellow Cup Series competitor, Kevin Harvick, who says, you know what, I'm going to make this fun. I'm going to put a $50,000 bounty for any full-time Cup driver who can go to the Truck Series and beat Kyle Busch. Then Marcus Lamona, CEO of Gander, said, you know what, I'm on board too. I'm going to throw another 50. Now it's $100,000 is the bounty for any cup driver that can go beat Kyle Busch in the truck series. And here's what Rowdy had to think about it. Well, there just better be an asterisk on it because if somebody crashes me, then it doesn't count. So you put money on a bounty on somebody and then there's bad things tend to happen. So I don't know, make it, make it whatever y'all want. It don't matter to me. Um, I got great stuff. I'm a good driver. Bring it. All right, so there's not a lot of times I'm going to say on here that social media is a wonderful thing. It was wonderful when I saw a video of Ryan Newman walking out of the hospital in Daytona, and it was wonderful when Kyle or when Kevin Harvick stoked this fire and said, I'm going to put up 50, and then the CEO of the company that sponsors the entire series, yeah, yeah, I agree, I'm going to throw my 50 on. And then I saw Danny Hamlin chime in that says, well, can I do it? And he started working on sponsors. This was fascinating. I thought it was great. What a great idea. I guess the question is, can it be done? Can somebody go out and run them? 
Actually, the real question is, can a retired driver be eligible for the I was wondering how long this was going to take. <laughs> what about a semi-retired guy that doesn't, that doesn't know what he's doing so with I his life right I hate to tell you guys, Brandon, I think this yeah. should be 200. Brandon, yeah. Brandon gone ass, and Kevin Harvick said, no, retired. So you've already been turned down. Well, that's probably for the best. Uh, listen, this to me, this is fun. You know, it kind of started... What, what I think what got the $50,000 bounty going on was Kyle Larson making a comment about Kyle over that. there, Kyle Bush over there cherry picking from the, from the uh, truck series. I think Kevin was, I think Kevin's point was he, Kyle Bush, this isn't easy what he's doing. Kyle Bush makes it look easy. It was a compliment to Kyle saying, look, you're not just going to go over there and beat the guy. Like, and, and so now everybody's like, I can, I can. Well, I agree with what Kyle said. Bring it. Yeah. Right? Bring it. Go see if you can. I, I don't think. I don't think there's a good chance of it. I think that most likely Kyle Bush would, would, would win. I did like the negotiating Kyle Bush threw back there that goes, no, whoa, 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 what happens if I win? <laughs> and then I saw through Twitter, so if Twitter could be a bound contract, that they were actually going to donate that hundred uh, to the Bundle of Joy Foundation. Oh, there you Samantha go. And Kyle Bush's uh, uh, foundation. So I thought that was a great thing, but I mean, this is a pretty cool deal. Do you think Denny Hamlin could get a truck from Kyle Bush? How is that going to work? Where is he getting be- the truck from? Can he... Can he get the sponsorship and take it to Kyle and say, hey. I'm- well, he knows someone at TRD. I'm sure yeah. he, can, he can pull enough strings. But it was fun. Listen, it was great. It was exciting. And uh, why not? I mean, I, there's a truck racer coming back to Richmond. I can't think of a better place under the lights. I know there might be some rules of who can run it or not. Maybe yeah. we can make some exceptions and get them to line up. But truck race wasn't the only race out in Las Vegas. The other race out there that took roughly <laughs> – 30 hours to run the Xfinity Series race. Um, they started on Saturday, got one stage in. The rains came. It was delayed until Sunday night after the cup race. Chase Briscoe breaks through. Guys, we know there's going to be a bit of a vacuum in this series. The big three all moved up. Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, and Tyler Reddick. That's going to leave opportunity for some of these young drivers in the series where names are made. They're making names. Chase Briscoe did it on the, well, started on Saturday, finished on Sunday. Yeah, I really felt like going into this year, Chase Briscoe possibly could be the favorite. Him and Justin Allgaier and then Ross Chastain probably as well. But uh, all 34 hours of that race, Chase Briscoe and that that 98 team, they were fast. Uh, Something that you could see maybe taking it to a new level. You know, last year was his full, full out rookie season. And he didn't really make any mistakes. They got behind on pit stops a couple of times. Then they came back around, and that pit crew on that final stop nailed it. Went from third to first. Once he got in the lead, nobody was going to touch him. So uh, he's going to win a lot of races this year. Well, it was a long race with the rain delay, but it wasn't without incident. At one point in the race, we had Noah Gregson and Myatt Snyder. Some contact on the front stretch. Noah Gregson, I'm going to say hooks. I don't know how else you would describe it. Gets in the left panel or quarter panel of 21. I'm not a driver. I'm not going to say he did it on purpose or didn't mean to do it. But he it crashed is, him. He did. It is a straightaway, he, right? Yeah, it's he fair to say him, that right. he wrecked him on the straightaway. And this, the fist bump that didn't happen around the world. Um, so one thing I will say. Soon to be memes everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. That right? should be everywhere. That should be on social media as well. Um, so I will say I, I liked the fact that my Snyder and Noah Gregson, whether they agreed or disagreed or whatever happened on pit road, I liked the fact that they went and had a conversation because I'm with you. I can't come up with a theory other than he turned the guy on the straightaway. I would have been upset. Harrison is in that series. Harrison, if he gets wrecked, what do you want your driver, your son to do? Do you go talk to somebody on pit road? I like that approach personally. Yeah, well, well, I mean, it depends on the situation, right? Not every situation be handled the same way. Sometimes when you're too mad, it's best to wait. You know, sometimes it it just depends on the situation. But I, I definitely think there should be a conversation before you go to the next event. I think you have to get it off your chest. And, and listen, I, I think also 
the guy that wrecked you, he deserves, you deserve an answer from him. And that answer may be, you know what, I wrecked you. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need that too. And the I don't fist think bump that, tells yeah, me it was something. I don't think that was the case here, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I think Myatt Snyder needed to go. And, I mean, because it, it looked pretty bad, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know yeah. how you, you know, if, if, if you, you know, if you are Noah, you need to figure out a way to make it okay because it looked pretty bad. When, when Myatt looks at the replay, it won't make him feel better. <laughs> yeah. and, and, Steve, the fist bump is, hey, we're cool so you don't do it back to me, right? And yeah. that's a, no, you got one coming. I love that. That's the, all the fist bump the, is. The mouth off answer's even better. Yeah. So here's yeah. the fist bump yeah. and nah. the Myers' response? Nope. 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 <laughs> Not going to go with that. So... Action filled for sure. Well, Sunday's late race drama also helped some other drivers get some great results out in Las Vegas. We're going to go through the field when NASCAR America returns. NASCAR America on NBCSN is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Catch action from NASCAR, IMSA, American Flat Track, and more with Track Pass on NBC Sports Gold. Don't miss a green flag live, commercial free, and on demand. Learn more at NBCSports.com slash track pass. We had a long run car. Short run, we didn't have quite the speed that some of those guys had. Um, we got to the lead a couple times. We had exactly what we, you know, what we thought we had uh, with the car falling off at the very end of the runs. Uh, came down to what we needed it to come down to with a caution there at the end. It was just too close to the end, and the caution came out, and we just never never got to, to finish it off. Really strong day for Hendrick Motorsports and our Chevrolets. That's very exciting, um, being the first downforce race of the year and a, a new body that's on our race cars. Some positives for today, for sure, on our car just um, didn't end up the way we wanted. With this 550 horsepower package, you know, we don't accelerate all that hard, and we don't get up to terminal velocity for a few laps and there's more grip than, than brains for the drivers. So we just beat and bang on each other and push and shove. And I know it's really fun inside the car. I hope the fans are enjoying it in the stands. Everybody knows they have to they have to get what they can on the restarts, and, and our car was really good on the restarts, so that helps. Oh, they're crazy. That's how this package is at mile and a half tracks. Uh, they have no horsepower, and you have to be really aggressive. You know, guys blocking on the straightaway, and I kept taking it to the right, and... He just kept blocking until I hit the fence. So, you know, then, then it was a tire rub and hit the fence and, uh, you know, blow tire hit the fence. So that was it. Yeah, everything's fine. We just got to uh, quit having mistakes on pit road. A great, uh, great end result for sure. I mean, so dang close, but it's cool. We're just getting started, you know. You know, it's funny. It's like uh, me and Greg Irwin and all these guys. It's almost like we've worked together for a long time. It's really easy to, to mesh. We had to work hard. There were a lot of lows of the day of, man, I can't even. And we're really loose, had big adjustments to make, and that's just how good they are. Came up a little short. We were close. Uh, tough racing there at the end, but it was, uh, you know, it's cool to start the season off on a strong note and have such a good team behind me. I think you've turned the corner when you're disappointed with the second place <laughs> run. Matty D, uh, as he should have been, he had a great run out there. A lot of different information in there. We had Truex, I thought was one of the biggest losers, had an issue on pit road, cost him. Chase Elliott as well, a pit road issue, got him behind. But Matty D, we talked about the restart, and it kind of got him up there, ends up in a t great position in second. But really it was more than that. All day long he was near the front. Yeah, especially the second half of the race. As it came down the last ten laps, he was driving up inside the top five. I think he was running sixth or seventh at that point. He was going to finish there, 
on outright speed. So it wasn't just a, a good restart, a good pit call that got him that finish. Yeah, ultimately, he wasn't going to finish second, but he was going to finish no worse than sixth. And he said it there. Greg Irwin was my crew chief for about 15, 20 races at, at the end of 2011 on the 43. I feel like that combo is going to have so much success this year. Well, you mentioned success, combo. How about the rookies? Are you ready to give rookie grades? Because it was uh, challenging at times, as the Cup Series should be for the rookies. I thought um, the 95, I thought, was going to be better at times. Tyler Reddick um, had a decent run going. The restart kind of went wrong there at the end. Did you see anything out of the rookies that surprised you? No, not really. I mean, listen, this is going to be a struggle. It's not. This is. This is a major change in the way they have to drive these cars versus what they've been doing the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. These cars are completely different. In every interview we listen to talk about the restarts and how different this package is, it's going to take some time. And remember, they don't get tests anymore, which I think is ridiculous. I don't have any idea why rookies don't get a test. They should get some more track time than, than, than guys that have been on the racetrack for years, but they don't allow that anymore. And there is going to be a transition for these drivers. They're all going to be fine, but it's going to take a while. I like that. The mayor has spoken. I was a little surprised, though. Cole Custer, no negatives or nothing. No real highlights. Didn't see him all day. But you mentioned it is the transition. Well, the guy who has had transition time and time and time and time again in his career, he's driven everything, is Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Can I say I was shocked when I heard this was the first top five since Daytona back in July? I knew it had been a struggle for the 48. I was like, that can't be right. I'm going to have to fact check that. Not just a good finish, though. I think more importantly to me, I saw Jimmy Johnson kind of battling up there. Now it was a good day for all the Hendrick Motorsports. The 48 wasn't a standout. That's why I'm not ready to ring the bell and get super excited about Jimmy specifically yet because it was a good day for the whole organization, but I had to put Jimmy Johnson on that list as well as two other drivers, the Dillon brothers. Austin Dillon and his brother Ty, I thought both had good cars, good runs. The opposite of Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, that final restart really worked for him. Yeah, and... We talk about stage points and how it works out. And then for teams like that, at times, you just need a good finish, get some momentum. And for the Dillon brothers there, and we see actually Ricky Stenhouse Jr. that, that finished third as well, you, know, you just need momentum. You want those good finishes. Great restart for Austin Dillon to get himself inside the top five. Ty Dillon ran inside the top 20 for most of the day, which for where that race team has been at the past couple of years, that's a solid run. Great restart there to finish 10th. And you just, especially on this West Coast swing, we all know it, you need some sort of momentum that first race to kind of help you get through the next couple, and that's going to do it for him. You mentioned Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I thought he did a great job of taking advantage of the opportunity that Brian Patty gave him. That long green flag run, Brian Patty stayed out, stayed out, stayed out, finally pitted late, only took two tires, I think saved the lap. Got some track position. That's all fine, Jeff. But then Ricky Stenhouse, he steps it up. He got some track position. He kept it for the rest of the day. Well, we talked about what Ryan Newman has, did for, for Roush when he went to the sixth car. Well, I think Brian Patty, the crew chief on this 47 car, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., they have the capabilities to do the same thing at JTG. You saw him sit on the pole with the Daytona. They ran away with Daytona. They came here. They got a good finish. Listen, Brian Patty is going he is going to put you in situations where you can go and make something happen. Sometimes they aren't going to work, but he's willing to gamble. He is not the kind of cruise chief that's just going to say, okay, we got 15th place speed today. That's where we're going to finish. He's going to find a way to take that 15th place car and get a fifth. Now, you might get a 22nd every now and then with it, but that's what Brian Patty's going to do, and he's going to do it all year long. Find a way. That's kind of how I put Bubba Wallace. We haven't seen a lot out of the 43 as far as consistency, so you need to have those good runs when you can have them. He went to Las Vegas, finished inside the top 10, fifth career top 10 finish. Listen, Celebrate, right? Celebrate when you have reasons to celebrate. That's what I saw out of the 43 car. 
yeah, for a team like that, for Rich Petty Motorsports, just a top 10 finish, that's almost like a win. We've seen kind of hit or miss at times. Indy last year, Bubba Wallace had a great race. This race wasn't spectacular at all. It wasn't standout even. But when you take those chances, you got to have a good restart. Bubba Wallace got up on the wheel, was able to dodge all the carnage early in, in one and two, get himself clear through three and four. And as you said, it's a victory inside the top ten. Just celebrate it. Try to take that into Fontana this weekend. And listen, I want to talk about two drivers that don't have quite the equipment of the drivers, we, the other drivers we've been talking about. To me, Corey LaJoy and John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah. Both, you know, John Hunter Nemechek ran really well. He ran really well yesterday. And Corey LaJoy did what he needed to do in the situation he's in and got another good finish. Those two guys, they, they need to be uh, recognized for the jobs he put in yesterday. Yeah, a lot to absorb in just two races into the season. But coming up, we're going to give some final thoughts on Las Vegas and look ahead to the week of NASCAR America. Going crazy. All right, we better. We have to get some of these calls. Hey, what's up, Krista? Hi, guys. How are you guys doing this evening? It's Carl time. What do you think is a realistic future for Jimmy? Who would be the strongest out of the Hendrick stables this year? Should the uh, green white checkers be eliminated? When you buy that ticket, it says Daytona 500, not the Daytona 507 and a half. It's gonna oh. go off the rails. Off the rails. Hang on. Off the rails, it could happen again tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Motormouse is back. Dale Jr. download with Rick Mast on Wednesday. And Motormouse back on Thursday. All right, you're giving homework. Steve, I'm getting the real answer out of Joey. Joey, so I'm Joey getting Logano. the real answer out of Joey Logano tomorrow. All right, tomorrow, Joey Logano will call in a Motormouse. We're going to see if AJ can do his investigative work and find out if the radio communications was real. I think Joey might be NASCAR. Oh, you think he's one yeah, of the same? I th yeah, I think he's the be. same guy. How about, right. uh, how about this? Another one I think is going to be popular with the fans, the bounty on uh, Kyle Busch when it comes to the truck series. So just to feed the fans a little more information, those four races <laughs> are Atlanta, Miami, Texas, Kansas. Are you signing up? What's Kyle, Kyle Larson, Miami? Kyle Larson, Miami. That, that could be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I like that. I like maybe you can ask that. Joe. I'm still not convinced you're going to get that information out of Joey. Probably not. What no. about the download of Rick Mass? That's going to be yeah. cool. Rick Mass, you know, sounding a pole for the Nargo, uh, Indianapolis five, the, the uh, Brickyard 400. That, that's going to be cool. Well, we covered the fist bump that didn't happen in Las Vegas. We had a little fist bump of our own here in Charlotte. Our boss came in to see us. Nope. <laughs> to your boss. <laughs> to your boss. boss. Big week, Motor Mouse, all week, NASCAR America. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.